If you're new, we're taking the month of January and we're asking what in our life needs a restart? Before we just jump into 2019 and everything that's ahead in 2019, what do we need to reboot? Where do we need to run a different program this year? And we've talked about some really spiritual things. We've talked about some really practical things uh, that in our life we, we may need to do differently in 2019. The one that we're going to talk about today may have, for some of us, the most influence over how 2019 goes. Uh, it has the potential to influence us not only spiritually, but emotionally, uh, even physically. Um, <clears throat> it can influence the way we look at the world, our perspective, the way we look at ourselves, uh, either positively or negatively. Uh, this particular area of our life gives tremendous influence over who we are. It, it's an area that can give great joy to us, and at the same time, it can bring great hurt or great sadness. As a matter of fact, if you're older than about 13, this is an area that you have experienced great joy and, and great fulfillment in, and you've also experienced some great disappointments, and it's the area of our relationships, uh, our friendships, the people who are close to us, the people who influence us, the people who know the most about our lives. Huge potential for encouragement, huge potential for joy, also huge potential for disappointment, right? huge potential for broken relationships as well. Last week we talked about finances and I said, uh, the, the reality is I don't know your financial story, I don't know your financial background, I don't know what all goes into where you are financially, and it's a little bit the same way with relationships. I don't know everything that's gone into getting your relationships where they are or a specific relationship where it is. I don't know what somebody did or said or what's happened in the past. So you're going to have to take what we talk about today and press it through your particular relationships. I can't define all of that for you. Here's where I'd like us to start, and that is remembering that Everything that we have, everything that we experience, everything that we see, everything that's ever been in the universe started out of a relationship. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, it's the very beginning of the Bible, the Genesis uh, of the story, the beginning of human history uh, here in Genesis. We're going to be in chapter 1 a little bit and then in chapter 2. This is from Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. Then God said... Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. And maybe you've heard pastors reference that before. God, from the beginning, describes himself as a plurality, in relationship. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, we can't fully explain that. We don't fully understand that. But when God is presenting himself and what his nature is like from the very beginning... He essentially says that I, I exist in relationship, three in one, we say. We, we call uh, that idea the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And as God's getting ready to create us, He specifically highlights the fact that we're doing this. Out of our relationship, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, humans are getting created. Now, in Genesis 1, 
we have really kind of an overview of the beginning of everything. It's really fast-paced. There's very few details. God did this and God did this. It all came from God is basically Genesis 1. Then we get to Genesis 2, and the Bible tells the story again, but focuses just on human creation. What God did, how that whole thing happened, God wanted to give us a little more detail, so He slows the process down in Genesis chapter 2. He creates Adam, He creates the first human, and then we read in Genesis chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there He put the man He had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there it was separated into four headwaters. The name of the first is the Pishon. It winds through the entire land of Havilah where there's gold. The gold of that land is good. Aromatic resin and onyx are also there. The name of the second river is the Gihon. It winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris. It runs along the east side of Asher. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And then God gives him some instructions But the picture at the beginning of time, at the beginning of human history, is that God creates a man and He puts him in what the Bible says is a garden. He doesn't mean a vegetable garden like you might have in your backyard. It doesn't even mean like a farmer's garden. It's more of a manicured palatial garden. It's what kings eventually would have outside of their palace, a place to go for a walk. Well-manicured, well-groomed, beautiful place for, for beauty, for, for leisure, for food. He put all kind of food in the garden. Uh, there was a river that went through the garden, and that river divided into four other rivers. One of them even went to this place that had tons of gold in it. Then God says to Adam, I'm going to give you some responsibility. I, I'm going to allow you to have meaningful work. I, you're going to participate with me in caring for the world that's been created. So you're going to have management responsibilities and you're going to be the leader. You're at the top of my creation. And and so you're going to be in charge. So Adam gets meaningful work. Everything about what God had created for Adam was perfect. Perfect place, perfect beauty, perfect opportunity to have meaning and purpose through his work. And then God says in verse 18, the Lord God said, it is not Good for the man to be alone, I will make a helper suitable for him. It's really the first time in the Bible, in human history or or the universe's history, that God says something is not good. Up until this point, everything had been good. Creation had been good. God's work had been good. Uh, The river that went to gold, the gold was good. We just read that. Everything was good, good. And then God says for the first time, it is not good to be Alone. Now, <clears throat> it's important to read this correctly because God is not getting to chapter 2 and realizing He made a mistake. That's not, what we have, that's not why we have chapter 2. 
God doesn't get to chapter 2 and, and is essentially saying, I totally didn't see this coming. I didn't realize I'd have to make more of them. I thought one would be enough. Let me fix the problem. God's not admitting to a problem. God highlights this in chapter 2 so that we would learn something about the way we're made, about the way we were designed. It's not a fault in us, and it's not a fault in God's creation. It's a specific intention of God to design us to need each other. We live in a pretty disconnected world. Uh, the more digital we have become, the more isolated it seems that we have become because we, in some ways, substitute digital connection for real connection. And maybe nobody's said it lately to you. Digital connection is not real connection. Right? Social media is not real. If you haven't figured that out by now, social media is not real. It's not person to person. A lot of great things about social media. I'm on social media. I enjoy social media. It's just not real. It's not real human connection. At the very beginning of history, God said, I'm creating you to need human connection. And, and I want to be careful how I say this next part, I've worked at trying to say it the right way. But apparently, even Adam's relationship with God was not a substitute for his need for human connection. It was important. It was vital. It was priority. But Adam's relationship with God, and if you think about it, no one has had a better relationship with God than Adam other than when Jesus came. Like no other human, after the first humans, had as good a relationship. Sin hasn't happened. Adam's relationship with God wasn't broken like it would be after sin. He could, he could talk with God. God would show up in the garden. Like He had this unique interaction and relationship with God. And yet, while he had that great relationship, God said, you also need relationship with other people. You also need a connection with other people. Think of it this way. Our relationship is God, with God is all we need for spiritual salvation, but it's not all we need for human survival. And that's the way we were created. Again, it's not a flaw. It's not a defect. It's specifically the way God created us to need Him, for Him to be our God, for Him to be first, but to also have a need for human connection. When Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was, he said, well, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And he could have stopped right there. He could have stopped with our relationship to God, but he didn't. Some of you know, he says the second commandment is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, don't stop with just your relationship with God, as important as that, as that is, you and I were created to need human connection. And, and in Genesis 2, marriage is, is one part of that connection. It's not the only way to fill that connection. We learned some things about marriage in Genesis 2, but that, that's not all that Genesis 2 is saying. It's saying you and I need human interaction. Now, the, the thing about human connection and relationships is that at times it won't go well. And at, at times, uh, we'll be disappointed, uh, we'll be let down, we'll be abandoned, uh, people will be unfair. 
that is going to happen because we live in a fallen world. And yet God highlights again and again and again through his word, through the way Jesus lived. You need relationships. Jesus comes, lives on earth. And when you read the Gospels, you see him surrounded by people and relationships. Twelve disciples, main example of that. He, he had an even closer relationship with three of them, Peter, James, and John. But that, even that wasn't all of his relationships. He had a very close relationship with Lazarus and Mary and Martha. He had a close relationship with his cousin, John the Baptist. He was continually connecting with and conversing with people. Everywhere he went, he was entering into conversation. He was going to people's houses. He was having dinner. He meets Zacchaeus. He goes to his house. There is this continual modeling in the life of Jesus of human connection. When you look back at 2018, you look back at the previous year, you can probably fairly easily pick out some high and low relational moments. For all of us, over the past year, there have been some key relational moments to 2018, and there will be key relational moments in 2019. The question is, are we going to be intentional about those relational moments? Are we going to be intentional about building the type of relationships that God wants in our life? Because here's what I think. I think much of our 2019 will be shaped by the people around us. Much of your 2019, much of my 2019 is going to be shaped by the people who influence us. And often, you know how this is, often we don't even realize their influence, sometimes till much later. Uh, we, are a, we are a nation that prizes itself on individuality. Well, I did it myself. I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps. Uh, this is my, all mine. I thought is my idea. I'm a self-made person. We have that concept, but really at some level, that's almost never true. Right? Almost everything we experience to some degree is due to the influence of other people in our life. It's due to the shaping that other people have in our lives. When we were younger, we would often rebel against our parents or against adults by being exactly like all of our peers. Do you remember that? I'm going to show you that I'm my own person. I'm going to dress exactly like every other 15-year-old in my school. That was our form of rebellion was really conforming. Our form of independence was really becoming just like somebody else. So we wore the exact same jeans that our parents hated, but all of our friends wore those jeans. Or we dyed our hair the same color, or we got the earring, or we showed our parents that we're independent. We got the tattoo after we graduated high school, just like everybody else in my senior class did, right? Our, our attempts at independence, most all of them were signs of conformity. And, and, and the reason that is is because the people around us influence us. Whether we see it or not, whether we acknowledge it or not, and the person you're becoming in 2019, the person that I'm becoming, is directly related to the people that are around you. It is directly related 
to the relationships that you and I have. Certainly on one level, there are individual things you and I can do to grow spiritually, to break bad habits, to start good habits. There are individual things that we can do to be more successful, But those efforts will be enhanced, and whether we see it or not, they will be influenced by the people who are closest to us in 2019. So, we're restarting. We're going to try running a new program. We have to consider this area. Who are the closest relationships in my life? Here's what I'm going to ask us to do just today. We each need to do a a bit of a relationship inventory. And and I'm I'm not asking you to make a spreadsheet, all right? I'm not, don't need a pie chart or a bar graph. That's not what I'm saying. Um, I'm not suggesting you go through your cell phone and just start blocking people and editing out people. So I'm saying, but as we're launching into 2019, it's probably helpful to ask some good questions about the people who have the most access to our life. Right? And, and I'm, I'm going to give you three categories to inventory, three categories to think about in just a minute, make uh, a couple of overarching statements. And, and one is, a, as you do this, don't forget that people are people and people aren't perfect. Right? Again, it's tempting just to delete the contact list. I just, no, not you, not him. I'm done with her. She said that thing. I'm not doing that. I get it. I get it. We're all that way. Let's remember people are people and people are imperfect. Guess what? You're people and you're imperfect too. You're not always 100% in relationships. You, You don't always say the right thing. You don't always respond the right way. People are people and people are imperfect. And sometimes uh, on one extreme, we can expect people to be just like us in a relationship. Like, well, this is how I am, and they need to be like me, and, and nobody's like you exactly. And, and so we have to bring some grace to our relationships. Or on the other extreme, sometimes, sometimes we expect things of people in a relationship that we hope nobody expects of us, right? We put demands on a relationship that nobody could possibly live up to. And so in that sense, we have to bring some grace to this conversation that people are people. People aren't perfect. And, and I can't just start marking people off because they, they said something or made a mistake or did something that I don't like. At the same time, while we're bringing grace to this area, we also have to bring some objective truth to this area as well. We can't ignore things either. What I'm saying is allow the reality that people aren't perfect to help you bring grace to the topic, but don't let it cause you to avoid the truth about this topic. Bring grace, like bring some understanding, bring some forgiveness But we can bring so much of that that there is an obvious negative relationship in our life that that we don't confront, that we aren't honest about, that this is not healthy for me. This relationship isn't moving me to emotional health, spiritual health. This isn't moving me to become more like Jesus. This This relationship is not encouraging me to follow more after God, to know more of His Word. Yes, we need grace. Yes, we need to be truthful. 
Three types of relationships for you to consider. You may not have somebody in all three of these categories, right? I'm not trying to force you to put a name in each one of these. You may have more than one in some of these categories. This is for you. This is wherever your relationships are. Are there any that fit into these three categories? Here's the first one. Relationships that need to be ended. Uh, I thought about putting this one last, but I thought, nah, let's just go there first, right? Let's just dive in. Just, there's maybe for you. There may, as, as you're wanting a new start, a new program, a clean slate moving into 2019, as you've set some personal goals, some spiritual goals, you know, if you don't know right now, later this afternoon, you're going to remember, you're going you're gonna to think of a name, that this is a relationship I just need to put some space between me and them. I, need, I just need to put some space. This, this, this relationship is not healthy for me. Uh, this relationship pulls me away from God and the things of God. This, this relationship is draining for me. Negative, critical. Every time I see a text, I break out in hives a little bit because I know this interaction is eventually going to go south and I'm going to feel terrible, and I'm going to think about it for five days. Maybe there's something like that, maybe not specifically, maybe there's something, someone like that in your life, and the best thing you could do is to end a relationship as we start 2019, so, so you could be more the person God wants you to be in this coming year. Now, perhaps the harder challenge when it comes to relationships that need to be ended, it may be a relationship that you kind of like. You don't think of this person and dread seeing them or dread talking to them. Like there is some spark, there is some, some level of energy, excitement, happiness when you think about that person. But if you were objectively honest about that relationship, you would also say that relationship doesn't help me be the person that I need to be. That relationship does not point me more towards Jesus. So I've got to be honest that this relationship at the beginning of 2019 needs to end. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's unemotional. You can just walk away. I'm not necessarily even saying that you need like a big talk. Maybe you do. Maybe it's that kind of relationship and you got to have the talk. Maybe just some distance. Maybe it's a little bit of separation as you go into 2019 to help you become who God wants you to become. There's some relationships for some of us that need to be ended. Second category. There are relationships for some of us that need to be mended. They all rhyme, which I'm kind of proud of, so I thought I'd point that out. They all rhyme. I don't, if you knew, I don't normally do that, so I'm proud of that. Some relationships need to be ended. Some relationships need to be mended. Um, there for some of us is a relationship or two that something happened in 2018 and the relationship kind of got weird, it got sideways, <clears throat> or 2017, or 94, right? The Reagan administration, is that thing came up. We haven't really been close since. But if you were honest, if you were honest, it's a relationship that would be encouraging in your life 
if you could just kind of fix that. And maybe that's going to require an apology on your part, or maybe that's going to require extending some forgiveness on your part, or maybe it's going to require extending some forgiveness even if you don't ever get an apology. But you know that relationship at one time was important to you and helped you and encouraged you, and you helped and encouraged that person, and that thing happened. Look, relationships get sideways, they just do. They get sideways sometimes. That doesn't mean they have to stay sideways. And that's the beautiful thing about the gospel and grace and forgiveness and, and bearing with one another and being able to admit I'm not always the perfect one either. I don't know why I'm expecting them to always be the perfect one, that I need to bring some grace to this. And this relationship has a chance to really matter to me and help me in all the right directions if I would just take a little bit of time to mend it, to reach back out. Maybe it's a big conversation. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not a, all right, let's rehash everything that happened. Maybe, maybe it's not that at all. Maybe it's a text. Maybe it's coffee. Uh, if it's something you got to talk through, you, you got to talk through it. But perhaps it's just reaching out to connect again towards a relationship that could be really meaningful to you and really encouraging to you. There are relationships that need to be ended for some of us as we start the year. There are relationships that need to be mended for some of us as we start the year. In the third category, there are some relationships that need to be tended. Um, relationships don't happen automatically, and they aren't maintained automatically. They don't just happen, and they don't just automatically stay in a good place. I mean, real meaningful, deep relationships, they, they take some cultivating. They take some reaching out. They take some priority. I'm going to make time for this relationship. I'm going to make the call. I'm going to send the invite. I'm going to step towards them. And for some of us, we have perhaps a relationship that's fine. Like nobody's mad at anybody. It's fine. But it, it's also just kind of surface. It's just kind of, hey, how you doing? Catch up from the week. And, and if you or I... It, if we gave just a little more attention to it, it could be really nourishing and healthy and encouraging for our 2019. If we gave just a little more to it, if we tended it just a little more, if we were willing to have just a few more conversations, if we were willing to prioritize just a little bit more time, there are some relationships that need to be tended. And maybe it's, a relationship that was really strong and really great at one time, and life just sort of took you different directions. You had kids, and kids got involved in different things, and then you moved a little farther away, and then they were involved in this, and you were involved in something else, and it wasn't intentional that you sort of went apart. It was just life just sort of did it. But you know, because God's going to bring them to mind today or tomorrow, you know, well, that was a good relationship. For me, I, I am grateful for what I had in that relationship. And we just kind of stopped tending it. We stopped cultivating it. We stopped prioritizing it. And we just kind of went different directions. Nobody's mad at each other. Like, we're not mad. It's just we stopped giving 
And so God wasn't able to use that relationship anymore. He wasn't able to make that something encouraging in our, in our lives. A little bit different category on this one. God may bring to your mind in the next 24, 48 hours, maybe not someone that you need in your life, but somebody who needs you in their life. Oftentimes, you know, we define friendships by what I get out of it, and I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not saying that's, that's a negative thing. But it's possible in 2019, a part of tending a relationship is realizing there is somebody I could really encourage and I could support, and maybe they're going through some stuff and they need somebody to be there, and I just feel like I'm supposed to cultivate that relationship with them. I feel like I'm supposed to be there for them and help them walk through this. You and I need maybe to end a relationship, maybe to mend a relationship, and maybe to tend a relationship in 2019. Look, I get it. Probably most of us don't need 50 of these relationships in our lives. If we're honest, this, this sort of level of relationship, maybe we don't need 10, maybe we don't need 5. But at the beginning of human history, God said, you need some. Like, you need people in your life. You need to relate openly and honestly and in an encouraging way. You need this in your life. And we've got 11 more months of 2019. And we get to decide what happens in all these areas of our lives in the next 11 months. We're closing out a decade. A year from now, we're starting a brand new decade. 2020 is going to be upon us. How would... Your life or my life be different if I started the new decade next year with one or two or three really meaningful relationships because I ended some that were draining and I tended to some that I felt like God wanted to use in my life. Well, that'd be a great way to start 2020 with two or three really meaningful relationships in your life. Um. We're launching community groups right now. This, this message was not a setup for the commercial at the end. But it's true that one of the environments to seek out this, to kind of find out, hey, do I connect with them or do I connect with them, is our community groups. One of the main reasons we do community groups, because we know we need each other. We know at the beginning of human history, God said, you need each other. We need God, but you need each other too. You need relationships too. And so every semester, we create these environments, these opportunities. And some of them are, they have different topics. They meet at different times. Some of them meet in homes. Some of them meet here. Just, just a way to try to get people in the same room so that maybe you would look across the room and there would be somebody that might be a meaningful relationship for you for a long, long time. So I, I, I want to encourage you, get in a group, take the initiative, sign up, show up after you sign up, and give God a chance to give you some deeply meaningful relationships over the course of this next year. Not because I think it's important, not because that's the way we do things at Journey, right? not because these are my words, 
But because at the very beginning of every, at the genesis of all creation and all human life, God said, here's what's not good. It's not good if you try to make it through this life by yourself. It's not good. So be in relationship. Let's pray. God, thank you that you designed us, created us in a specific way with specific needs, and then you also, you provided ways for those needs to be met. And when it comes to relationships, you gave us other people. And, and we can be honest enough to say that not every person is right for every other person. That not every two people are going to be best friends. It's just not the way it works. Not everybody wants to be my friend. Not everybody wants, wants to be anybody's friend. But through life... As we initiate, as we tend, as we mend sometimes, as we forgive and as we bear with one another, there are truly deep and meaningful and satisfying relationships that will make this life so much fuller and better. Help us not to use a, a, a bad experience in the past and that that would keep us isolated for the future. Help us not to think that we can do this on our own. Give us the humility to know I need other people in my life who will encourage me. And then help us to seek that out. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.